You are listening to The Dr. Kinney Show, and I'm your host, Erin Kinney, a naturopathic doctor and speaker who's passionate about teaching you how to understand what is happening in your body, why your body is reacting the way it is, and how to make the appropriate changes in your life to get your body back into balance. Something I've learned from my private practice is that the more patients know about their health, the more likely they are to make better diet and lifestyle choices, which ultimately leads them to a faster recovery. Each week, you are going to learn actionable tips, tricks, and teachings from myself, along with the help of top experts in the holistic health community, so that you can make better informed decisions about your body and your healthcare. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Dr. Kinney Show. I'm excited to have a friend and local um, colleague of mine, Julie Blampin. She is a pelvic floor yoga pro, and she helps women who have pelvic floor issues. And you may or may not know whether or not you have pelvic floor issues, but hopefully after today, you're going to know what it is, why you need to know about it, and how you can make a difference in your pelvic floor. And it can really change a lot of aspects of your life. So, Julie, thank you for being here today. I'm so excited to have you on and to talk about all of the things that you're so good and knowledgeable about. So tell us, let's jump in and talk to me about the pelvic floor. What is it? Thank you. For those yes, of you that are listening you. and are like, wait, what is the pelvic floor? Why do I need to know right? about this? Why do we need to right? know about the pelvic floor? Exactly. What is it? And do I have one? And what does it do? And yes. I've been asked all of these questions. First of all, thank you for having me. Of course. Erin, I'm so glad to be here. Um, and I'm so excited to talk about this. This is such an exciting topic. I'm so uh, thrilled about the work that I do um, because it's just so awesome when a woman will say to me, you know, I'm just really finding that I'm rediscovering myself again. I'm really feeling sexy again. I'm feeling like I can move and dance and laugh and hang out with my friends and work out again. I mean, that is pretty awesome. I mean, That's that is really just awesome. Epic. Yeah. So I love. So how does the pelvic floor relate to that? Talk to me. I want to understand. Yeah. So the pelvic floor is a whole bunch of muscles and fibers and fascia at the base of the pelvis. It is literally our foundational core. It connects at the front of our pelvis, at the pubic bone, and at the back of the tailbone, and on the sides at the ischial tuberosities or the sit bones or the sits bones. You know, the pelvic floor has so many important responsibilities, physically, mentally, energetically, emotionally. It literally holds in and holds up and supports our internal organs. Mm. Um, It helps us with urinary and bowel function. It helps us with sexual activities, including orgasm in men and women and erection in men. It's literally our foundation. It is at the base of the pelvis. It is our deepest core musculature. And it helps to keep us upright. It helps to allow us to take really nice deep breaths. It's really important for us to have a healthy functioning pelvic floor, right? So if you're a male or a female, these muscles are really important for, as you said, it's kind of important for our whole structure of our body, right? So, and you mentioned a little bit like, a little bit of the energetic stuff. And maybe you want to get into some of the chakras. And if you guys are listening and you know what the chakra system is, there are different energetic systems in the body and the pelvic floor holds the root chakra, right? Which is like, again, it's like the base of our physical structure and the base of our spiritual or energetic structure. So you, you know, when you were talking earlier, you were talking about how your work helps people feel joy and laughter. And so it's got to be connected there, right? If, if your pelvic floor is healthy, you're going to have a healthy first chakra, which is going to affect emotions, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So the pelvic floor is, like I said, right at the base of the pelvis, which is the area of the root chakra, our first chakra, right at the tail. I like to say from tail to toes, this is our energy that relates to the earth. I mean, it's called the root chakra. It's it's about our roots. It's about our past, our childhood, our family. It's about the connection with our home and our career. It's the connection with all things that keep us grounded and stable and secure and calm. It also, there's a lot of energy in this area to the second chakra. Um, So we're connecting there with our energy of sensuality and sexuality and creation Mm. and creativity. So this is where we hold the joy Uh, in our life, but this is also where we hold our shame. So I love to encourage women, you know, let's just keep choosing joy. Let's cultivate joy, recognizing the shame, but let's keep choosing joy. Yeah. Well, and this is, I'm going to just chat and interject here for a second. This is an interesting point that I don't think we've talked much, or I have not talked much about on this show at this point, but we will do many more episodes on this, the interplay between the physical symptoms of the body and the emotional symptoms. And what I see so often in my practice is that you know, many times women and men will have physical symptoms and they've gone to see 15 or 20 different doctors to figure out what's at the root of this physical symptom. Or they, and sometimes they've even been to see multiple different holistic doctors and they're like, we can't really figure out why you're having vaginal pain or why you're having difficulty orgasming or why, you know, symptom X, Y, Z. And it ends up being, there's an emotional cause to it. And I, you know, so I think, absolutely. This is, and I just, I just want for you guys listening that again, this is going to be a topic we'll explore further on more episodes of the show, but that there is a major connection between what's going on emotionally and what's going on physically. And I think from my knowledge and yoga and readings that, you know, this first chakra place is where a lot of these things meet, right? Is, do you find that in your yes. work that a lot of the emotional Absolutely. physical symptoms, it's like, that's the core place for it to be going on? Yes, absolutely. So yes, let me back up. So I have been teaching yoga for just about my entire life. I started teaching when I was a kid in my mom's school of gymnastics. I was working with little, little kids with disabilities and basically teaching them yoga poses because they weren't necessarily up and hopping around. They were kids with uh, more physical uh, paralysis, et cetera. And so we were doing mostly balancing and stretching and strength and sensation and positivity and emotional connection. Mm. to the body, you know, yeah. feeling that uh, sensation of tingling, feeling yeah. that sensation of warmth. And so then through my life, I've been working with different people along the way. I've been teaching now private practice with mostly women for the last, let's say, 10 years, uh-huh. eight years, seven years, to be really specific uh, with pelvic floor work. And so I recognized, you know, this is not just yoga. This is not just going from a pose to a pose to a pose. This is delving into what's going on emotionally, not just now, but also in the past. And how Mm -hmm. can these emotions, how can these energies stay imbalanced? How can we look at that? How can we really connect to that? And how can we bring that into our work on the mat? How can we bring that into a physical posture, let's say in the yoga repertoire, to allow some of that emotional imbalance to move and groove and dance and sing, as well as the body's uh, uh, physical energy as well. So it sounds like when you're working with women, you're helping them, you know, you're helping them heal on the emotional level and on the physical level. Absolutely. I don't think you can have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they they dance together. Unless they're not dancing together. Well, and I think that happens for a lot of people. And I'm sure you find that. I think a lot of people are so 
and I see this in a lot of my patients, they're so convinced that it's purely physical. And sometimes they're right. scared to look at, wait, there might be an emotional thing that I'm not looking at. You know, my body's right. screaming at me that there's a problem that's an emotional issue and I don't want to deal yeah. with it. But then they get so focused on the physical issue. And this is, if this is something that you are dealing with, it's totally normal and it's totally okay. Sometimes the emotional Absolutely. stuff is scary, right? You don't want to deal with the yes. fact that maybe you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in, or you're in a job that you shouldn't be in, or, you know, there's something about yourself that you haven't dealt with. It's, it's not easy stuff to do this work, but sometimes that is what you need to do to get the physical body back in alignment. And yeah. And it's sometimes like, I always say that I like to meet people where they are. Some people aren't ready for that. And, but I would imagine people coming to you, they're, they're going to be ready for that. (laughs) Right. Cause you're going to right. introduce yeah. them to that concept. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I introduce it right away because I yeah. feel that that is vital to, to healing. I feel that what's vital to healing is to, to know and to open yourself to what's happening right here, right now is not just something that is obvious. It's not just something that is hurting physically. Yeah. It's not just something that is going wrong. Maybe, maybe someone is coming to me with pain with sex. Well, you know, yeah, that could be because of childbirth. That could be because of anxiety and stress. Maybe we're really holding a lot of tension in those muscles of the pelvic floor, but it also could be that, Hey, you're part of the me too movement, just like mm-hmm. I am. And so let's yeah. go there. Let's talk about that. Let's move through that. Let's move with that yeah. because that has a lot to do with the energy that we, uh, that we're holding in that pelvic floor space. Yeah. It's pretty exciting stuff. It's really exciting stuff. So talk to me about what are some of the typical things that people come in, like that they're coming to you for help with? What what are the physical signs that someone needs help around their pelvic floor? We kind of have touched on some of the emotional things, but what are some of the physical things that you would help with? So, you know, it's interesting because it's not just a few women who, yeah. this is why I do this work, because I was really starting to recognize that it's not just a couple of us. Like, it's, it's a lot of us. All of us, right? Yeah. I don't want to say it's all of us, but it's pretty much all of us. There is something going on in this area of the body that is imbalanced. I'm not telling you I'm balanced 24-7. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is why I call it a practice, but there is so much that we can be struggling with, like tightness. I've already mentioned tightness. Some of us struggle with stress and tension and pain and clenching and instability. I have hearing loss. And so with hearing loss comes instability. With instability comes clenching. And with clenching comes pain. And so I struggle off and on with pelvic pain and pain during intercourse. And it's real. Yeah. But a lot of women, like those of you listening, and I have a lot of women that have vaginal pain during intercourse or just vaginal pain in general, you know, and that yeah, it's not normal right. guys. It's not normal to have pain. I mean, it sometimes right. can be normal, right. but if you're having consistent vaginal pain during intercourse, there's probably something going on. And sometimes it can be from a yes. hormonal change and it can be just due to dryness, but sometimes there's something else that needs to be looked at. You know, now I get a lot of patients coming to me, they're wanting me to look at hormones and, you know, if they're perimenopausal, we want to make sure our hormones are balanced so that, you know, there is enough lubrication and the vaginal tissue is healthy, but sometimes they still experience pain. And so, you know, that would be, you know, if you're someone who is out there and you're like, my hormones are pretty normal, I have lubrication, but I still have pain. There's probably some pelvic floor work that needs to be done, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, like I mentioned, a lot of uh, women are coming to me with pelvic pain, a lot of coming with uh, leakage ah, and yeah. instability. And on that, I mean, it's two, it's almost two, en- two ends of the spectrum. So, mm-hmm. so they could be coming with tightness and pain. They could be coming to me with leakage and instability or, or so the muscles wouldn't be strong and enough. Underactive. 
Got it. So an underactive. Um, not necessarily. Yeah. Just underactive. Right. So they could be coming for help with bulging or pressure. Mm -hmm. So like I said, those, those pelvic floor muscles um, are literally holding in and up our internal organs. So So when you say bulging, are you talking prolapse, like cervical prolapse? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yes. Prolapse is when we have falling. Uh, some of the internal organs and they can come down the vaginal yeah. canal. And that's no joke. That is, yeah. that is a real deal. It can be issue. Very painful and too. Very painful, incredibly inconvenient. And there's, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of shame that surrounds this topic. And that's something yeah. that I'd like to shout from the rooftops. Yeah. You know, there's nothing to be embarrassed about something that's happening in your body. I mean, it's, it's anatomy. It's, yeah. It's, it's totally anatomy. anatomy. It's just it's the same as whether just, or not you know, if you've got right. a growth on your elbow or you, you know, yes. you've got knee pain, you right. know, it shouldn't be as embarrassing to talk about what's going on with your vagina. Right. Cause it's, again, right. It's, right. it's part of your anatomy and yes. And also a conversation. Yeah. It's a good conversation. And I think there's maybe some people listening. They're like, Oh wait, vagina, you said vagina, but we need to talk about these things, right? Like Absolutely. It's, it's important. Absolutely. Um, yes. it's funny. I feel like I have some, like my teenagers, you know, I ask them about that and they get a little flushed and the teenage men or boys that I treat when I ask them about their bowel movements, they get so embarrassed. You want me to talk about my poop in front of you? <laughs> it's just, I'm like, right, right. yeah, it's totally, that to me is the same as it is your knee hurting. Like it doesn't, yeah. It's, yeah. it all is part of the body. So what about, talk to me about breath work. You're doing some, I'm assuming you're doing some breath work with your clients as well. It's all right? about the breath. Absolutely. It's all about breath. So I love to say, you know, if I can teach you how to breathe, chances are great. I can help you rediscover your pelvic floor and maybe even help you stabilize it and take care of some of those symptoms that are so inconvenient and so embarrassing. So the breath has everything to do with the pelvic floor, everything. Our pelvic floor not only is an area of musculature that we can control, Mm -hmm. but it's also an autonomic area of the body. This area actually moves continually. It contracts, it relaxes, it contracts, it relaxes without us even knowing. It's Hmm. just like the breath. So the breath moves in, it moves out, it moves in, it moves out. Thank goodness we don't have to keep our eye on our breath. It will just move and it just happens. That's the whole point with autonomic systems and the pelvic floor is the same. However, we can be doing ourselves a disservice by not understanding the mechanisms of breathing and all of the chain that does go into helping with a really good, nice deep breath. So I love to bring to the forefront and highlight what I call the CPF 3D breath. And it can take care of, for example, I have a testimonial from Lynn. Lynn came to me and one of her issues was she would wake up in the night at Mm. least three, four times every night. Mm. That's a lot of times to wake up. That is not a very restful night's sleep. And we worked together maybe a month and a half, two months, once a week for only 30 minutes. And she now is Still, every time I steer, which obviously during these times is, is not often, but but we're friends and we're in, in similar circles. So even on Facebook, she'll send me a note or uh, if I see her in passing. 
in the neighborhood, she literally, that's like the first thing she mentions, how happy she is to have learned this breath technique Mm. and to understand how the pelvic floor moves with the breath, because now she knows that she can relax her pelvic floor as well as strengthen her pelvic floor to stabilize that musculature. And she also is understanding how she can train her brain to get a good night's sleep. That's so interesting. So do you think what, what was the relationship with her sleep and the pelvic floor? Like how, how was that? How was that directly related? So what happens is, so think about this, like when we're kids and I don't know if you were taught this when you were a kid, but a lot of us were taught, okay, we're going to the store, everybody jump in the car. But before we do go tinkle just in case, Mm -hmm. right. That just, that just in case. I mean, we still do it as adults. I think a lot of us. And if we don't have to go, I'm here to tell you right now, don't go, Huh? don't go just in case, because what it does is it, it could create what's called brain bladder syndrome. It could uh-huh. create this, uh, well, it's like, it's almost sounds like, like, it's, like, stress. Love, like it's like your bladder is like in stress mode. So your bladder is just like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm waking you up all the time. Yes. That could be urge incontinence as well. We could talk about that in just yeah. a second. But what this does is you're almost conditioning. That was the word I was looking for. You're almost Ah. conditioning your brain to train the bladder that, okay, it's time to go. And if the brain latches onto something, I don't have to tell you or any of the other meditators out there or yogis out there, if your brain latches onto something, all of a sudden, whatever it is, it's real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so what I'm suggesting, what I've learned in my training and experience is that if we can train our brain to say, okay, it's all good. It's night, night time. I'm sleeping now instead of, Oh, I just woke up. And then the bladder clenches or the pelvic floor clenches. Mm. And then all of a sudden we just get up to go pee. It doesn't even matter if we actually have Have to to go. So that's, what's waking you. Well, that's interesting that you brought up, you know, that, that the pelvic floor muscles are part of the autonomic nervous system. So there, this is not something that we're consciously thinking about. So probably a lot of the pelvic floor, you are actually, you're working on the nervous system. So, and you guys who listened to me and followed me, you know, I talk a lot about fight flight and parasympathetic, the autonomic part of the nervous system is the part that we don't have to, it's like the part that runs without us thinking about it. And so the fact that, but sometimes it could get wired wrong. Like you said, when you're growing up, you could actually exactly. have wrong. Yeah. It's, it's like we've had wrong conditioning so that that autonomic nervous system yeah. is set in a way that's not conducive to our current lifestyle. Exactly. And then we become more reactive instead of proactive. And yeah. that's what wakes us up. And then we just, the brain says, okay, get up, go. So interesting. So your work is really, it is, in a sense, you're almost reprogramming that part of the autonomic nervous system. Yes. Absolutely. And especially when it comes to women with pelvic pain and urge incontinence. Yes. yes. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about urge incontinence. I know this is something women, a lot of women deal with. Urge incontinence so, is when you feel like you have to go all the time and it's like, you got yeah. to have to now. Yeah. And so there are a lot of different levels to that. There are a lot of different, um, let's say styles of pelvic floors and urge can lead to pain. Mm-hmm. And or vice versa. So it could be, you know, who knows what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Like, are we conditioning ourselves as young people to go just in case? Or are we maybe going through some sort of trauma and then we hold tension in that area of the body and that ends up giving us spasms or pain or, or clenching that then can trigger that 
sensation of having to go. I mean, there's so much to it. Sometimes I don't know. I am not a uh, pelvic floor physical therapist. I'm not a pelvic floor uh, physiologist, gynecologist, obstetrician. I'm not a urologist. So I can't say what's literally going on with your pelvic floor. Yet, if you come to me and we have some conversations, I can pretty much guess what you're going to need when we come to the mat. I'm going to guess what's going on energetically when it comes to, you know, how's the balance in your chakras, one and two, Mm -hmm. and and maybe even three. I can pretty much guess as to whether you're holding tension and or any weakness or underactivity in the muscles of the pelvic floor. So, I mean, it's really difficult to say urge incontinence is from pain. It's really difficult to say pain is from urge incontinence. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes those two go hand in hand. And it's just really interesting. Sometimes all we have to do is have a conversation. And, you know, she can do the work on her own, simply through meditation and contemplation, maybe a bladder diary, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, making those notes on when and where and how long the urine stream is and what's going on when she might feel pain or when she might feel urge. Where is she? What did she have to eat or drink? Mm -hmm. Was there caffeine? Was there alcohol? Was there spicy food? Was there something that might actually trigger the sympathetic nervous system? Was there something that might trigger you know, the musculature of the pelvic floor? It's an interesting uh, conversation that urge slash pain you know, where, where it happens. This is kind of making me think of, I I work with a lot of patients who have interstitial cystitis, which I'm sure you've worked with someone with that before, you know, and there, there can be a lot of different causes for that. And a lot of different things that can trigger symptoms. Like you have a UTI, which can be urge incontinence and or pain. And, you know, I think in a lot of my patients with IC, sometimes we figure out that, you know, it's a certain diet or a certain thing. It's a physical cause, but there is I would say nine times out of 10, there's probably maybe 10 out of 10. There is an emotional component there too, or a nervous system issue that, you know, needs to be addressed. And it sounds like this work could be really, really beneficial. So if you're someone who's dealing with IC, and I know some of you listeners have that, this, this might be an option. If you haven't looked into this type of treatment protocol, this might be something that you want to go towards, right? Yeah. You know, absolutely, Aaron. And let me even piggyback on that and say, I see recurring UTIs, you know, sometimes they come back negative. Sometimes those tests come back negative, which pretty much tell me, all right, let's talk about your pelvic floor. It's pelvic floor related. Like what isn't when it comes to, you know, what isn't affected by the, I mean, let's start talking about the fascia. I mean, don't even get me started. Um, (laughs) Another another, another day. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a whole other interview. So the fascia is everywhere in the body. And so in that region of the pelvis, it can't not affect what's going on around it, right? Simply because it's connected through the connective tissue or the fascia. I mean, that's why they call it connective tissue. So when it comes to recurring UTIs and interstitial cystitis, you know, interesting story and no judgment out there. And there may be listeners that, that are on your show who are listening, who have been with me before on the yoga mat. And then they've left because a lot of women, me included, a lot of women who struggle with pelvic pain and tightness are go-getters. Like we are out there. We are getting shit done. We are type A. We are successful. We are busy. We are taking care of everybody else. We don't want to be told by Julie, the yogi. That you have to breathe and yoga and meditate every day. Exactly. That you need to chill out and you need to lie on your back and butterfly, or you need to do legs up the wall, but you do. 
Yeah. You do. And I get there and I get anxious too because that's what happens when we go yeah. to a place of stillness when we're a wiggle worm. If you're a wiggle worm, not just physically, <laughs> but emotionally, mentally, and energetically, the last thing you want to hear is that you need to be still or relax, but you need to relax. Otherwise, what's going to relax that pelvic floor? Yeah. You have to convince the mind, you have to invite yourself yeah. well, to it's like take when a I breather now and then. Talk about treating adrenal fatigue. I tell my patients, you've got to practice yes. relaxing your nervous system. You're, you're, most of us, and I'm like this too. I'm, you know, and this year in particular, we've all been in fight flight mode constantly and our bodies right. have almost forgotten our nervous systems have forgotten how to get out of that. And so same right. is occurring in the pelvic floor. It's like, it's going to be one mm-hmm. way and it forgets that it needs to relax. Mm-hmm. So this is a, this is a common thread message we have going on here. Exactly. And again, it's really important. And you know, I have to tell myself yeah. every day, it's okay to take a break. You are still enough if you don't do a million things, you know, you are still good enough if you're relaxing on your yoga mat or you're laying with legs up the wall or whatever it is that you're doing to relax. And, um, and sometimes I find that people have to figure out what works best for them. And I'm sure, you know, and for some people, it may be your practice, you know, in the breath work that you do in the yoga, other people, it might be gardening or it might be, you know, it's something that you need Mm -hmm. to do where your system turns off and shuts down. And I think when we allow the nervous system to do that, it can make, you can have profound changes in the body, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love to remind all my women, you know, it's all about balance. And that doesn't mean just standing on one foot. Like that means relaxation is just as important as strengthening. Yeah. Because that's when we come to stability. Stability is what we're going for here. We're not necessarily just going for strength. Yeah. We don't necessarily need to be doing our Kegels every single day. For all of you listeners, if you're out there doing your Kegels every single day and you're struggling with tension or pain or painful sex or urge incontinence, for goodness sake, stop doing Kegels every day because (laughs) and call Julie. (laughs) Right. That pelvic floor musculature just needs a break and she just needs to relax. It's just as important as strengthening. We're looking for stability. We're looking for balance. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good message to end things on. I mean, because that applies to all areas and health and healing. You know, there's, there's a, there's a delicate balance between too much strength and too much, you know, and you, you want, we want stable, you know, and I think I took yoga teacher training a couple of years ago and was really this, this concept was what I took home from it. You know, we want, we want the muscles to be able to stretch and be long and elongated, but then you also want strength and it's hard to get both of them because when you contract a muscle, it's not stretching it, you know, but stretching. So, so it's, it's, it's a balance just with anything in your health. We've got to figure out how to find the balance. So thank you so much. This was awesome. So So where's the best place for people to find you, your website? which will be in the show notes, but just, we can say it again, www.celebratethepelvicfloor.org. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And you also have a Facebook group, celebrate the pelvic floor. Can people go check that out if they want to learn more? Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Go join I have a page. Facebook. I have a group. I have Instagram. I've got YouTube oh, great. and I have a freebie. Um, I want you to get onto my mailing list. I share some really great tips and tricks in there. I've got a really exciting program coming up very soon. Great. And I'm so excited about that. So yeah, get on awesome. List. Yeah, get on our list, go download, learn all, learn all this stuff, reach out. Yeah. And yeah, thank you so much, Julie. This was a great chat. We'll see you again next week. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Dr. Kinney Show. 
If you're ready to start discussing your naturopathic medicine needs, head to DrAaronKinney.com to schedule a free 15-minute consult. As always, you can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at DrAaronKinney.com. See you guys next week.